You are listening to the Teacher Answers Podcast. Welcome home, my friends, to the Teacher Answers Podcast, a show where I take high school students' questions and answer them in the most no-nonsense way possible. My name is Sam Griffin, 29-year veteran high school teacher and the examiner of the teenage brain. Come with me and explore why high school students do what they do. So joining me today are uh, two people I work with, Kim Tapman and Shannon Connolly. Welcome back to the show. Thank you. Thank you. You guys were both here. Uh, Kim, you were on two episodes of my show in season two, episodes 65 and 66. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked about Dude Be Kind and the social media footprint. Yes, we did. A very important thing that people should revisit. And Shannon, you were on uh, episode 23 of season two, and we talked about happiness. Yes, we did. So that has been over a year ago. Mm-hmm. So, have your jobs changed at all, or actually, yes? Maybe just re- reintroduce yourself to people listening and sure. tell, tell me what you do. Absolutely. Um, again, my name is Shannon Connolly, and I'm one of two workforce development coordinators for um, the Mideast Current Technology Centers. And a little over a year ago, I had an addition um, to. Um, our team um, in the workforce development um, area, and that is Andy West. And I was very excited and still am excited that he is on board in the department. Um, our department's been growing and, and my um, job has changed a lot in the last year. Actually, it's changed a lot since COVID, um, since the pandemic. So um, definitely it's been a great thing to have Andy on board. We've been doing so many more things um, that I was wanting to get accomplished in our department and just wasn't able to. But being it um, in the school district for 35 years, it's been an honor and a blessing. And I'm just glad to be able to um, be a part of this amazing school district. And then of course, bring Andy in on this department too, because he's doing a great job as well. Welcome back, Kim Tapman. Thank you, Sam Griffin. We still, uh, how did the dude be kind thing? It went I saw it everywhere this amazing year. Amazing this year. We, I was really fortunate to have two billboard companies sign on and they put dude be kind on about 10 billboards for me for free this wow. year, which was just amazing. And it did so much for our awareness People were asking about it. People wanted to get involved because they saw those. And so I can't say enough to Kessler Sign Company and to Barnes Advertising how much that meant to the campaign that they that they jumped on board and saw the importance of it. All right. So I ask you guys with like no notice whatsoever to stop by my classroom and we were going to record after school. Um, I've been asked by a lot of people how... I mean, everybody from like family get-togethers, people ask, oh, how are kids different now? They seem weird now. Or uh, high school students, what, like, you know how adults are. They're like, what's wrong with them? You know, that kind of stuff. And, and you know, there there is differences. Now, uh, even from last year, I noticed a big difference. And I, I have a theory, and I, wanna, I want you guys to hear this theory, and I want you to Tell me how crazy I am or how on point it is or what you guys think of it. Okay, so this will take a little a little bit of setup. But um, if I was asked the question, how are students different post-pandemic and why are they so, 
you know, in air quotes, different now. Um, I do believe that this year's students, now as far as Gen Z goes, I've recorded stuff on Gen Z and know that very well. I think this might be a new thing now. Like, I don't know if we're in a, a new generational transition period. I'm not sure about this, but to me, it feels different. And I want to, I want to run this past you guys and everybody can hear it. Cause I've never heard this before. And I study this, um, you know, the examiner of the teenage brain. Now, this, what I'd like to do is figure them out. Um, so I have 10th grade, 10th through 12th graders. And it applies to all of them now equally, I think. Um, so backing up to when we were 18, okay, um, we followed this guy's research named Albert, I'm going to hose this name, Maraban, uh, which was a researcher in body language. And he broke down how conversation and communication works. And it's called the 5538 rule. I don't know if you've ever heard of that, but 55% of communication like we're having right now is nonverbal, um, body language stuff. 38% of it is vocal, the tones, the pauses, what exists between the pauses, all of that stuff. And 7% of it is words. Now let's, why are students considering themselves different now? <laughs> Or why do we think adults think that people are different? <clears throat> so you take the pandemic, right? And we force them to urge them to not go out of their house. But they still communicate like crazy, like crazy. But how do they do it? Is it 55% nonverbal and 38% vocal? Which, by the way, is 93% of all of it. The answer to that is no. How do they do it? They're texting, they're Snapchatting. It's almost all words now. They communicate in chat bubbles. Okay. So I think everybody would be nodding their head to that one. Can at least get behind that. That, you know, when you put people in bedrooms and I everybody parents differently, but it's very possible that even now kids kind of, been in a routine of kind of isolation more than going out and crashing at people's houses on the weekend you know when, when you don't do that for a year and then it's hard to start that back up so I, I think a lot of people go home maybe they're on the computer playing video games or they just go to their room they come out of the room to eat and go back into the room I think this happens a lot and it for but they're still communicating like crazy way more than you and I did talking on a phone with the wire in the kitchen, right? So how does that affect what I do in a classroom with them? You know, their interactions with me, I've noticed is just different. And I talk to people in my hallways and I'm like, this is different. Um, so we know that this communication pattern this 55387 is out the window this is not happening now at least with teenagers we still do it as adults but they're now kind of flipped to 93 percent words and the other part so that a lot of times they don't pick up on sarcasm which we use all the time um 
the the little nuances in the in the speech that we give you know and they don't pick up on it because they're they look at us with what we say and they see chat bubbles above our heads so they take things literally let me let me get back to my script here um you think about when we were kids did you ever write a letter to your mom or dad saying i'm going to uh go to somebody's house during football practice we didn't write that you see what i mean mm -hmm. yes absolutely so how did we do it we lucky we were lucky if we called them if we right. found a phone somewhere to call them um but we didn't write it like that thought is just so bizarre to anyone um i don't know maybe 30 or older but a pre-smartphone um very true The, uh, I was talking to someone recently, student, and we were doing, we we're doing a project in here and it takes two people to do it and balsa wood bridges. And, and, and this person was telling me that they wouldn't be here a certain amount of days. And I said, Oh, don't worry. I'll, I'll pinch hit for you. And then I realized this person has no idea what I mean. Zero. Right. That, and they yes, didn't say. Exactly. They didn't say, hey, old man, what do you mean? They didn't say that. They just let it go. This is bizarre to me. This is new. Um, and then I, I said, because I, 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 on the end of this, I'm going to talk about solutions to this problem. So I said, I, I've kind of been self-conscious of how I say things. And I know darn well that they don't understand what I'm saying because they don't know those references. Um, so I said, do you know what pinch hit means? No. Okay. Well, you know, like, and I went through the whole baseball thing and she's like, oh, you mean like substitute for me? Yes. That's what I mean. Right. But a lot of times as adults, we just think, how do you not understand that? Well, it's because what they're listening to is so specialized. Now the music they listen to may be a little teeny slice of a genre that they don't want anything else. So they don't know who... I, I, if you ask them who is Harrison Ford, no clue. Not one of them knows who that is right, or, right. or has ever seen Indiana Jones. Yeah. No clue. Right. You know, they're making a sequel. Yes. It's crazy. He's 70 some years <laughs> old, 75. I, I did know that. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, I once told my daughter who was, uh, we were getting ready to go out the door. I said, get the lead out. <laughs> and she actually looked at me and she goes with a little bit of a tear in her eye. What do you mean? Like, this is, it's important that we're conscious that they don't understand what we mean. They will be less weird to you when you explain that stuff to them. And they love to hear that stuff. Great, right, right. Yeah. Um, so, I think what we're dealing with is students hear, when they hear you talk to them, what they see is they take everything very literal okay yes like Here's, a text message yes exactly here's another example um i was in a really good mood at my house my daughter says can i play video games which the computer's downstairs and i said with sarcasm i said no like that now you and i know that means yes but 
I, you know, like a half hour later, I came around the corner and there was nobody in the basement. She was in her room, like teared up. And I said, what are you doing? You said no. And I'm like, so as teachers now, it's real important that you be very clear because they do not get this. And I think it is partially due to all that other stuff we talked about. Um, you know, what, what was meant to be a playful yes came out as a chat bubble above my head as the word no. Yes. With no reverberation yeah. from your voice or I, mm-hmm. you know, any raising of your eyebrows or anything that could be seen. So, yeah, literal no. Um, here's another one. Say, say a kid today does something inappropriate, but it's, it's semi-minor, but it gets under your skin to the point where you go why did you do that and they say sorry now you tell me how did that just make you feel put yourself in that position your kid goes sorry (laughs) your hair's up on Mm -hmm. the back of your neck a little bit it's like do you understand how much i hate you right now (laughs) right Right? you're feeling very confrontational yes (laughs) but i understand that for sure but here's what they actually mean they mean they don't know how to say some, not all, but a lot, more than I've ever seen now. Don't, they're sorry means I'm using the word. And what I mean is I feel really bad about this. What comes out of their mouth is a chat bubble. That's yes. right. Yes. Yes. If you start and you, next time you interact with kids, Pay attention to this and you'll notice everything they say is a bullet point. Yep. Yep. Very true. It is. I need to do my test I missed yesterday. Um, what are we doing tomorrow? It's not any kind of, I won't be here tomorrow. I'm going to be out. Some still do that, but most are just bullet point list and chat bubbles. And it's very, and they, you know what else? They'll interrupt. You could be right in the middle of a conversation and they say, I need to know, I need my test from yesterday, whatever. Because when you send text messages, there's no waiting. You just send it. And when they're ready to read it, they read it. Very true. This is how they interact now. And it comes off to this, (laughs) but to old people. Well, not, I'm not saying you guys are, you know what I mean? I did just have a birthday, Sam. We're aged. But right. like, we're vintage. That's yeah. what we're I'm afraid that letters. people who don't get current high school and under students are not going to like the, there's a, a way that you can relate to them. And then like, there's going to be, there's going to start to be this great divide, I think, until we understand, I think what I'm talking about. It's like, yeah, this is kind of how this is going. And it is now our job to explain politeness and correct, not necessarily manners, but more, cause they do say sorry and that kind of stuff. But the way that they're saying it, it may rub a boss the wrong way, sure. big time. Yeah. Yep, definitely. You know, we live in a world right now where people are desperate for workers. I'm like, um, yeah, they, you know, you might be getting away with that because of that. Right, right. <clears throat> um, yeah, let me see if there's anything else. Uh, 
So solutions, um, just read these off and then I want to hear your uh, comments on this. Adults need to be aware that today's students are uh, used to communicating almost entirely in written format. And if you just can keep that in mind the next time you talk to students, that you'll see this, you know. Um, and again, I think this has compounded this year for some reason. I'm not 100% sure. Um, the cell phone is as normal to a kid right now as you going over there and turning that faucet on and water coming out of it. It is not this thing that you can take away. It is as normal to them. It's not normal to us. We did not grow up with this. But Wi-Fi is expected. It's not like something that miraculously works. It's like, why doesn't this, why isn't the water coming out? Why is the lights not coming on when you flip the switch? You know, um, when the tone of something is off, I think we need to stop and teach them. It's so important. You know, I will, I will do this thing in my class. I call it public service announcement. So if I do a public service announcement, it's not to call somebody out on something. It's if I, I mean, if I see it at the grocery store, I'll say, Hey, when this happened, what do you think was wrong in this situation? And make it just a minute long teachable moment. Um, the kind of conversation that can come off rude to adults, um, they may not understand that they're being rude. And it's wrong for adults to say they're so rude now when they may have been locked up to the point where they don't understand what's going on. Um, but yeah, um, students are highly emotional and sensitive. I don't care who it is. The toughest kid is different than the toughest kid 20 years ago. Um, they are so different. Um, and they may be becoming more and more less equipped to deal with it. Now that I don't have a solution to about how that, they asked me that, you know, with the questions they submit, that's very common is why am I so anxious all the time? And, and all of this, they're just not equipped to, um, handle stress. So what do you guys think? Chat bubbles. Well, I think if you go back to COVID and you think about how all of our worlds were turned upside down, these students were in homes where they were expected to log on to get their education. If they had a sibling, the sibling was also expected to log on in their own space at their own time to do it. Um, in some cases, you had two parents, and each parent was expected to log on to their employment and work from home. Now, in the middle of all of that, you're not allowed to interrupt because you're on a screen or you're doing something where you can't be bothered at that time. And so all of a sudden, these chat bubbles start coming up because you can be on a Zoom meeting. And we, I'm going to give myself up here. We know <laughs> that we text during Zoom meetings. Mm -hmm. But if your child needed something, they could text you and you can answer. Mm -hmm. And suddenly for a year and a half that was the norm so then that became the way that families communicated if you think about it think of how many times if you have two levels in your house that your child was upstairs and they're texting you that they needed something from downstairs and one of you had to you know run upstairs and do something or ask answer a question or something so our whole dynamic changed in the family where we couldn't even always sit and have dinner anymore because one parent you know you had to divvy up the time that you were on your computers because unfortunately in this area we aren't blessed to have four computers in a home for four people right. 
if that's if you have a four-person home. So I think a lot of that played into how the family dynamic had to adapt to make that work. And so chat bubbles became a thing. And even I think if you talk to parents, they became a little frustrated too in some cases with how their relationships with their kids began to change because everything was so different. And in education, I'm thinking of all of you as teachers, you had to get on and teach your kids online all day long and then come home and help your kids with their homework all day long. At that time, I was actually feeling pretty blessed that I didn't have kids at home that I had to get through all of that. But so think of the frustration that you had too. And I'm imagining that the students would come home in some cases, even if you're not in education, if you had parents in other areas too, they felt like they couldn't speak up or they didn't, they didn't want to bother you because they could tell how stressed everybody was. Everybody was under so much stress at the time. And I think that also addresses your issue you brought up about anxiety and mental health. You know, we weren't able to cope in typical, I have that in air quotes, typical ways because nothing was typical at the time. Absolutely. I agree. And one thing, and I'm going to, since we're seasoned, seasoned veterans is what we call ourselves. Um, is, you know, I go back to what my grandma always used to say as the world was changing in her eyes. And she would always say, this world is just going too fast. You know, and and I think, you know, and and I guess I'm going to speak for both of us, but we probably feel the same and you probably feel the same way too. Um, Those of us that know Andy Griffith. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Boy, you just dated us big time, Shannon. (laughs) Ooh, I'm in trouble now. But, um, you know, you turn that on and I love watching that, you know, and now those that are listening to this probably are thinking, what on earth is she talking about? (laughs) Those are the younger generation. But, you know, I always think, oh, what it would be neat to have a real Mayberry. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it, but we know and the times are so fast. And I think with the anxiety and stuff, the students are seeing that and they're seeing how fast we have to move and it just kind of dominoes, you know, and you see even on TV how much things are changing. And I'm just using this as an example because it's all over the world, you know, all over our nation. But for example, everything that's coming to the central Ohio area and everybody that's talking and the buzz and the, you know, it gets you kind of ramped up and you're, you get a little anxious, you're excited, but then you start thinking, oh my gosh. We're not ready. We're not ready. You know, you just kind of get that. Um, So I think that that really, even though we are the teachers or the educators um, for the students, I think sometimes they're more in tune to seeing us and maybe we don't know that they're, they're seeing how we are reacting or how we might be as far as um, reacting to some of these things too. So they're thinking to themselves, oh my goodness. And then there's so much too that is expected. Um, one of my friends said that we have a lot. There's so much that they have. Um, oh, it is. What does she call that? I'm going to have a blank. Decision fatigue. Ah, there you go. Decision fatigue. You know, we um, we have so many things that we throw at kids. I mean, think about when we went to high school. We didn't have all the choices that we do now. So that adds to anxiety. You know, trying to make decisions at such a young age. Am I going to do this? Am I going to do that? You know, there's just all this stuff coming at their way. And even I find myself, and it's sad, and I hate to even admit this, but there's a gap of students that didn't even learn cursive writing. Mm-hmm. And I am, 
I do not print well. I can do it, obviously, but I'm more, I'm faster. I'd like, you know, to, to write. And I find myself doing that and giving students post-it notes. And then I asked them, I said, listen, please don't take this the wrong way. Can you read this? Right. I'm so sorry. And then I, I explain. Again, there goes into that explaining. You don't want them to feel defeated or feel like they're stupid right. because they're not. Um, but at the same time, you're just trying to teach them. Okay. And then I go back to the explaining. Some students weren't taught this. There's there's a gap. Mm-hmm. And my boys are both in that gap. Right. And that you know makes me sad. I have to text if I forget something or else say screenshot my grocery list to me if I forgot it because I'm yeah. old fashioned and still write a list out. <laughs> well, and piggybacking on expectations too, thinking back to when, again, we were in school, we had expectations, but now your resume is supposed to be three pages long. If you think about everything, and this isn't just for college, you know, people say, oh, that's just for college. It's not just for college. Making your resume stand out with an employer now, you have to have volunteered. You have to have been in every club in everything to show your involvement. You have to show that you were a good student. You have to show that you had good attendance. Um, there's not enough time in the day. for so. I mean, to me, when I see some of these kids and their resumes and everything they've done, I'm thinking, when do they sleep? And that expectation is huge, no matter if you're going into the military or going into the workforce or going into, you know, higher education. It's such a huge expectation. I even think about sports and back, back in the day, you know, we could play all the sports. We could have fun and do all of them. Now you have to decide to specialize, to even be able to step foot on a field or on a court. And how sad is that, that you can't even enjoy all of those things that are available to you because you have to specialize when you're eight years old. Hmm. I just think that's a shame. But again, I just, it's crazy. It is. And I think that um, those chat bubbles, you know, they have kids really looking at um, even, you know, thinking of intercommunication. There's not intercommunication right now. There's communication through a cell phone, which is now a sixth appendage on your hand. You know, they they can't live without it. Let a kid lose their cell phone and watch the anxiety go through the roof. Mm -hmm. Yes, that's a good point. You know, they're always there. And then again, we didn't have social media. That that started to uh, come into play in the mid to late 90s when people started, you know, flirting with all those different sites. And it's different. It's constant affirmation or not, you know, or not of what is normal. And then if the kid doesn't meet that normal, then their anxiety is through the roof. Their mental health takes a hit because they don't match up with the TikTok standard or they don't match up with, you know, with, with the Instagram standard or these influencers who are out there saying what is normal and what's not. So there's a lot that's changed. I think a lot of students and a lot of young people in their early 20s had a lot of time during COVID to become these influencers and to have this say on what everyone is expected to be. And I think that that set a standard that, you know, the public can't meet. So these influencers are very specialized. And then these kids try to see themselves in all of these influencers. And, you know, the, the best thing about being an individual is that you have your own gifts that you bring to the world. You don't have to be that TikTok influencer, but nobody's telling them that. That's right. Nobody's telling them that their strengths are what make the world better. They're telling them they have to adapt to some standard that someone somewhere set. And I think that that really blows them apart then when they don't meet it 
and some of their you know their student friends might think that they're trying to meet it too and they're and they're just not and it's just everyone has a struggle that you can't see you just don't know what their exact struggle is at that time yeah the (laughs) so (laughs) we talked a lot about communication then we went into kind of the extra parts of a high school kid's life but the one thing that you know i i often think about this like if i were 18 and i grew up in a world where there was 1.5 mass shootings a day and a school shooting every other week at least um well i'd think different I don't even know if I'd come out of the house when I was 18 in 1980-something. Right. 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 I mean, it's, I feel like, you know, I don't want to talk about this other thing that, I was talking to my students about chat GTP. Now, I'm sure you've heard of this, right? This artificial intelligence thing. This, the world, we'd better get on board with this because it is happening Um, 29 billion dollars in three weeks was invested into it from various sources right and i told my students i'm like yeah y'all are graduating in 20 days uh you need to get on board with this now because the rug just got pulled out from under you right you thought you were on top of it but the world moved right the world moves so fast right now you know um my daughter going into graphic arts in college bet that changes in the yes. next four years right you know of what they're doing you know so now it's like you better be your own student yeah. of you have to constantly be a student yes. these art programs are unbelievable what they are doing now i mean i i think you know i just listened to uh, steve wozniak and um the guy that created google ai mm-hmm. who was on cnn last night this was last night saying we're in big trouble. Yes. Right. And the guy said, should we pull the plug on this right now? And he goes, yes. Yeah. But we can't. Right. Because other countries are doing this right now yes. too. Yep. And so it's like, I feel like we're in a sci, students feel like this. They feel like they're in a sci-fi novel on chapter two mm-hmm. right now. Right. It's yeah. what kind of it's, weird. It, it is. It's, it's quite interesting. There is a presentation. Did you ever, and it's, it's actually, it's old by today's standards now, but it's called, I'm going to say this very carefully, shift happens have you ever seen that oh yes powerpoint yes and again i think at this point it's almost 20 years old it is it is but at that point they talked about how they looked they looked in the past and they talked about how um quickly information doubles and so you can imagine how those spikes are just going crazy these days and at that time they, and again, this is probably 15 to 17 years ago that I remember this yes, coming out. It's, it's really good. They said at that time that when you entered college, that by the time that you finished college, if you were on a typical four or five year rotation, that um, by the time you graduated, what you learned your freshman year would be outdated. Mm-hmm. So can you imagine what it, I mean, it's it's yeah. got to be doubling probably every year, if not more than that. So you know, for kids, how do they, how do they adapt to that? The education system hasn't adapted yet. You know, we're still um, operating on the old farming calendar system and everything like that. But think about that in, you know, bringing it back to your communication and what they're learning in school and they're frustrated and they feel anxious because they know that the world is changing like crazy around them. And are they ready? You know, a lot of their anxiety could just be, am I ready for this world that changes so fast that I can't keep up? 
you know, I, the it's, adults around me can't keep up. It's scary. It's scary for us. I think our primary focus is to inspire them to learn. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's really, at the end of the day, that's it. Um, and yeah, and just sometimes having those one-on-one conversations, I know that... Um, Mr. West and I, when we, you know, talk with our students that are out working right now and just trying to balance work and school and life, you know, and sometimes they just need that extra one-on-one. And that goes into back to where you're talking about communication and educating. We just have to stop and sometimes just give those life lessons in between what we're regular, what the regular day looks like in your classroom. That's right. Right. And just taking the time. And, and explaining that stuff. Cause you're right, the sarcasm, they don't understand what we, our language. Right. Um, and and um, Mr. West and I always tease cause he likes to tease with the kids and be sarcastic with them. And um, for example, it was, it was funny. He was teasing one day and told a student, well, you'll need to go over there. He was joking. And the student went right over there. <laughs> and, and again, they, they, they understood, they knew, but they really, he was joking, just mm-hmm. like your no mm-hmm. to the video games. Right. And we both, and I looked and I said, oh, he's just teasing you. And he right. was, but mm-hmm. they, you know, it's the communication and the tone and, you know, they don't, they don't understand that because it's usually written. Yep. Text bubble. It's what's interesting, what's yeah. interesting too, you talked about the nonverbal piece and, and we know at our ages, how important that is. Mm-hmm. Will you think about your students in the classroom? How many of them feel comfortable making eye contact with you? Right. Probably not a lot, right? And so even though they prefer the text bubble, in a classroom, they don't have the text bubble. Mm-hmm. And if they look up and they see a facial expression that you might be making, and if you're frustrated or something like that, even if they may not pick up on it, they still feel they, they feel it, but they don't know how to deal with it because they haven't had to. For, because again, in the last few years with COVID coming on, we were all isolated in different rooms. So then all of a sudden you're out with strangers, you're not equipped as much as you used to be to read that body language. I mean, that was a good part of my job was reading body language right. to read a room to see you know, what, what people were feeling. And so you think about this generation and even like with your daughter, I mean, and your daughter knows you better than anyone. And she couldn't even read the tone in your voice mm-hmm. because for whatever reason, right. you know, right. but so then when they do get that tone, they don't know how to, they don't know how to handle it. They, I mean, yeah, I've, they may I not see. use it, but they can pick up on right. that tone and that right. expression and they feel that vibe. Right. And, and I know, I noticed that too in conversations with, with my students and it is, it's, you have to have, and I think, you know, even sending emails and I know that they're in the written and the and the bubbles and things like that, but I just still prefer, and I still think um, some students um, actually like that because they're you're, you're sitting there talking to them. Because I, I for example, one uh, day last year, a student was sitting on the other side of the desk, and I said, "Hey, I said, come on over here." I said, "You know, I'm not a robot. I don't shut down mm-hmm. at 2:41, and then all of a sudden a button comes on." I think sometimes they don't see us as humans. Um, And I said, listen, I'm a human too. I have a life outside of here. You know, we need to have conversations. We need to talk. That's important. And I I actually heard um, the other night on the news, and it's true. I sat back and thought, yeah, that's right. When we were talking about COVID, we are humans. 
humans were not created however you want to you know talk about how we were created that's you know that's everybody's that's that's another episode (laughs) another show everybody (laughs) has different opinions but what i'm getting at and and this was a great point that this that this um, individual made is we are not made to sit in rooms and stare at walls we exactly we need interaction absolutely and we got away with that when COVID hit everybody was like whoop everybody go in your boxes do your phone thing your email whatever way you communicated but we are not wired that way we were not created to do that all the time we have to have human interaction we're also meant to go outside and the average teenager goes outside less than 20 minutes a day I agree. yeah yep i agree and yes. you know the teenage brain is so moldable and think about that two years when they were stuck in there you know and it's just you see it now i think you see it now i mean we're, we're gonna see it from all these little kids who missed kindergarten as they come up through you're gonna see and really be able to point to them to them and say hmm, they missed that mm-hmm. you know think about kindergarten kindergarten is learning how to behave it's learning how to sit and listen and or get up and do and you know they were able to get up and do anytime they wanted. Mm-hmm. Well, that doesn't work that doesn't in the work. settings that we have right now. And so, right. you know, I think of how much energy I had yeah. <laughs> when I was a little kid. And, you know, I was the one who always got oh, that we report were. card that said, you know, she's a joy to have in class, but she tends to talk too much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> me. <laughs> but so imagine, you know, that you've been able to do. So imagine me with that. And then having been able to run around and just do whatever I wanted, whenever I wanted, talking to anybody I wanted. Well, and then you've got to yeah. sit me down in a class in second grade and I'm expected to yeah. do well, that. The only gift my husband said I have is the gift of gap. <laughs> so yes, that's, <laughs> I'm yes. like, well, thank you. <laughs> yes, my husband but, prays but, for laryngitis. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> I love it. Um, but yes, I, I just, we are meant to, interact yes we aren't meant to sit in bubbles so So i know that i have had this conversation with all of my classes on a tuesday and i'm i'm like hey i'm gonna tell you guys something tell me what you think about this and usually when you're having a conversation they will they'll kind of reciprocate some things and maybe say well you know what about that or or something or laugh this I've never, it was eerie silent, like where it was resonating with them when I was saying like, you guys take what I say and instead of hearing the words and the tone and everything, what you see is a chat bubble of words above my head. And you could see them going like this. They were nodding. The people that never nod were nodding. Like, yeah, that's exactly right. And I even had a kid stay after class and he goes, uh, yeah, I think you're onto something there with that. Cause that's exactly how I feel, and I've never thought about it before. Right. But every time I hear people say stuff, I don't get it. Yeah. And I'm, I don't want to say anything because then I, you know. Yep. So. That's powerful. I think you're on to something, yes, sir. Like, very. next time you talk sure. to teenagers today, pay attention to it. Like, right. um, listen to their bullet point lists of conversation that they have with you. You will hear and see it, and... It feels different, but it's also, they're so receptive and open to having you explain how to do it right. Mm -hmm. 
because you know whether they're getting that or not doesn't matter because if they're you know displaying it bad you need to correct it and that's what they really want and they respect you when you do it if you do it right right okay well we are about out of time there i appreciate you guys coming in and listening to that so yeah thank you yeah thanks for trusting us with your thoughts (laughs) we appreciate that all right thank you it was fun All right, thanks. I will talk to you guys soon. You have been listening to Teacher Answers. If you would like to submit a question, drop me an email at teacheranswers at gmail.com. Or you can leave me a voicemail on the Anchor podcast site, anchor.fm slash teacheranswers. 